Today in our gospel reading, we hear Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. But what is subtle and feeds through all aspects of this gospel reading is not the focus on prayer, but it gives us multiple images and multiple analogies to really understand who God the Father is. For us to really be able to know and understand God the Father, we have to learn it and understand it through the lens of Jesus. And today, through the aspects of prayer, we see very clear and distinct aspects of the Father and how we are called to be in relationship and relate to God the Father. But what is interesting is this image of God the Father is very different from most of our perception of God the Father. Because when we say God the Father or when we think of God the Father, the first couple of images that usually come to mind are that from the Old Testament. Fire, brimstone, anger. But today, Jesus gives us a very clear and different image of God the Father. So as he teaches his disciples to pray, he says, Abba, Father. So what is he really saying to us? When Jesus is saying, Abba, our Father, it's not just saying, oh, hey, Father, distance, cold, away from us. But when he says, Abba, our Father, he gives us the ability to relate to God the Father as a child, to relate to God the Father as an intimate relationship with him. Or the beautiful image I like to use is a little infant child looking up at their dad with their hands wide open, saying and asking for dad to pick me up, hold me, protect me, and love me. So as the Lord says, our Father in the Lord's Prayer, saying, Abba, we're called into this deeper, intimate relationship with him through Christ. And so this word, our Father, just doesn't mean, oh, here's a title we give to God the Father. But when the author of the Gospels wrote it, it calls to the whole character of the person of the Trinity as it reveals and is known to us. So God the Father here is just not a title, a name that we've given to the first person of the Trinity, but an intimate relationship and speaks to the character of who that first person of the Trinity is. Not a God of fire, God of anger, God of jealousy, but a God of love, of intimate love who wants to unite and to walk and to be with us every moment of our lives in every aspect. So when we say Father, we speak of a familial bond that we have. So as each and every one of us prays the Lord's Prayer, we too are called to take part, to be a part of, and to be united into that one family. We become together as the children of God, the child of one Father, the first person of the Trinity. And as we continue to look in, in, in the gospel today, we hear of a story that Jesus inserts right after the Lord's Prayer about a friend who's coming into town. And so he, the own house owner walks over to his neighbor and asks for three, piece, three bread. And so to really understand that, we have to look at how the culture was set up and how the house was set up. 
So imagine a house that is just one floor, one floor, or actually two floors, carved into the mountain. The bottom floor is just walls to allow cattle to get into, to put sheep under. So that heat that the cattle has is rising up into the first floor where the residents live. And it's not like our house where there's rooms for every different thing. Imagine an open, open floor plan where everyone together is sleeping on the floor. You can walk into the kitchen, into the dining room all together. And you can see as you walk into the house, everything. And so when this neighbor comes over and pounds at the door at the middle of the night, it's illustrating and allowing us to understand that they've been walking for days, for days on end. And they're coming in the middle of the night because throughout the day, if you're walking through Israel in the peaks of days, it's really hot. It's really uncomfortable. It's really miserable. And so they would wait till the sun goes down before you journey through the town or journey to different places. And so for a neighbor to come over to knock on the door and ask for help. And so when the, the, the friend answers the door and says, hey, my family is asleep. I can't do anything right now. Is an honest response. Because if he opened the door and began to cook, that noise, that disruption would interrupt everyone in the house, would wake up all the animals from the bottom floor. And so no one would be able to really rest. So instead, the response becomes very self-centered and very closed off and said, no, I'm not going to interrupt my family. I'm not, to, I'm not going to be inconvenienced by you coming here, and I'm not going to bother for your unpreparedness for all these things. But what do we see on the other hand? He gives us an illustration of God the Father in saying that God the Father is generous in his love for each and every one of us. He's never inconvenienced by our asking, by our seeking, by our finding. Because he, he says later after that passage, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will open. And so what does that tell us? When we come to God the Father with our needs, with our struggles, our wants, our challenges in life, he's not going to stop loving us. He's not going to stop if we've decided to leave him for 20 years and come back to him. He's not counting the cost of how many times you've listened to his voice. He's not counting the cost of how many times you've been a good boy or a good girl. How many times you've really listened to what he has to say. But he responds to each and every one of us with love and generosity. He doesn't count the cost and he allows us to inconvenience him in the midst of our trials, our difficulties, and our tribulations. And so, what do we get and look and find from God the Father? His generous love and his constant gift for us. He's not going to let anything stop us from entering an intimate relationship with him. He's not going to count how well we've become or how well we're doing now but he will look at our life as a whole to see how well we're improving and growing. And so he will give us constantly the gifts, the strengths, and the abilities we need to continue to respond to God's love. Are we willing to accept that gift and come to our Lord 
to God the Father, to be inconvenienced by Him. So I want to leave you with this thought. Because when we pray to God the Father, when we pray the Lord's Prayer throughout our lives, we've prayed it thousands and thousands of times. But we're reminded of the word, Our Father, Abba. Because we usually come to that prayer with expectations and with demands. And when we come and seek that generosity, we ask and, fi and, and find situations in which we don't get what we want. And so we, we begin to ask, is God the Father really that generous in his gifts? So I want to leave you with this nugget from the relationship with God the Father. Because we do not receive what we pray for. It is not because God grudgingly refuses to give it to us, because he's, he has something better for us. These is not such things that are unanswered prayers, but the answer given may not be the answer we desire or expect, but the answer is always that of love and wisdom of God. So as we pray our Lord's Prayer, my dear brothers and sisters, we're reminded of God's love, God's gift, and God's generosity. The God who loves each and every one of us and wants to bestow his love, his blessing on each and every one of us. So the question for us today is do we even have a relationship with God the Father? If not, we have to begin to ask ourselves why. What is hindering us from entering that love relationship with him? What is hindering us from that generosity that he has for each and every one of us? What is hindering us from receiving God's gift in our lives? And if we do have a relationship with God the Father, how deep is our relationship with him? Are we growing in that relationship with him? Does he know the intimacy, the deep, dark aspects of our lives so that he can love us completely and whole? Or are we afraid of his generosity, his gift, and his love in our life? Amen.